Welcome everybody. I was wondering what's going on. I didn't click the live button. So welcome Johan, welcome Jason, welcome David. And this has been an exciting week. My goodness, it's inflation week. Let's let's look at everything that happened this week and let's post your questions. Oh. Let me mute something. something. One, two, three, prova. Hi, Kyoko. Hi, Steve Bailey. Hi, David Fiori. Hi, Jason Omiara. Hi, Johan Noguera. I just have to find where where this echo is. I think I found it. All right. This is how the markets look like. Um, I will have a quick walk through the current markets and please post exactly all your questions, your assets that you want me to look into. I think I found it. So I hope you can still hear me. And this is how the markets look. We have Apple up, PayPal up a lot, which I'm really happy to see because I've been holding uh, PayPal and Square as the two weakest dogs in my portfolio now for, for over half a year and stomaching that minus 30% has been tough. But when I do fundamental analysis, I really stop looking at the prices. I stop looking at the news. I do not watch. Hi, Valentina. I do not watch other YouTubers. I, I really do an information diet. I just look at the numbers and do my 10 steps fundamental analysis that you guys know. If you don't know it, if you are new, I'm going to share it with you today. Just let me know. Simon, share your fundamental analysis framework. I just do my fundamental analysis. It takes me around six to 12 hours for one asset. And then I just really for that whole week, I don't watch any news. I try not to be influenced by anything because what you learn when you are 19 years in the strategy advisory business like I am, and if you work also in the VC space with very early ventures, then you know that many times the value of the venture and the valuation, the price of the venture, many times have a disconnect, especially in the first three to 10 years, there is a disconnect between these two things. So as an investor, as a long-term investor, and as an advisor of startups, or if you sit in a board of startups, you have to realize that there is this disconnect and you have to be patient and show up every day and do your fundamental work independently of what external influences tell you. So um, this is what the markets are doing right now. And we have PayPal up and we have basically everything in the green. This is, this is a green day for the markets. And 
uh, after Jerome Powell's speech. But there are two more speeches this week. So it might be a bull trap. It might be looking like it's going up, but it will go down again. I expect March to go to go bearish, but we will see. Nobody really knows. And the two next very important points are this week, the CPI report, Consumer Price Index, where they will um, uh, show us the, the real, the real prices that we are all paying. And they are usually, the new formula just shows part of it. The formula from 1980 is the real formula. And if you apply that, we are at around 15% real inflation rate. Whatever they are, they are showing this week will have an impact on the market. Now, let's look at all, all our assets here. Energy is doing really well. Total Energies, Enbridge, Next Era. Canadian Natural Resources has been one of my hedges now that we are moving. So we have a segment rotation right now from risk on assets, tech, growth stocks, and especially mid cap, small cap tech is being hammered, hammered. Everything ARK Invest has been hammered, like Zoom, Upstart, Teladoc, all these things poof, hammered. Even PayPal and Block former square have been hammered hard because they are seen as you know um not generating revenue right now and everything that has future revenue expectations is being hammered right now because if the interest rate goes up then that valuation changes completely and if you have a pe of price to earnings ratio of 85 with higher interest rate, your price to earnings ratio should be really 25. And that's the problem. That's why these things are correcting down. So I'm rebalancing my portfolio to take care for that. And I will have, I'm adding a new segment to my portfolio. Well, first I have freed up cash to be ready for the bear market. And second, I am adding positions that are risk off and that, that are in the segment that will get money inflow um, starting March. So I have added um, many, many energy companies, Total Energies, Enbridge, Next Era Energy, Canadian Natural Resources. And look what Canadian Re Natural Resources has done this week. It was amazing. It's up 12% or even now 14% since, since I bought it. So it's a nice hedge to have inside of a diversified portfolio if you want to have a diversified portfolio. Last year, I had just three big names, uh, Amazon, Google, Tesla. That's it. And I wrote them with full conviction. Two of them have performed really well. Uh, Amazon has done nothing, but I'm happy to hold Amazon. It's my money, my money, my savings account, if you want. Uh, I trust Amazon to be around and I trust Amazon to be at 5,000 long term and I just hold it. Now, um, this year it's different. This year I will diversify into three different segments because we will have segment rotations. So money will go away from my high growth tech stocks and we'll move into energy, we'll move into commodities, we'll come back. And so we'll have to see how to hedge against that and to prepare for that. And I expect less returns than last year, but there are still opportunities coming up and let's look at them. Let me know if there are specific assets you want to go into it. And uh, I'm happy to do that. But let's see. Bitcoin. Bitcoin has 
a death cross coming up uh, January 15 that's in three days but there is also there is also reason I I would also not be surprised if the death cross does not have a huge impact so let's look at Bitcoin right now and thank you Gregory for your tea recommendations they are really good uh, and it's really cool to drink less coffee and more tea is a different kind of energy more grounded so if we look at Bitcoin right now we see that there is a shift in trend and there is an upcoming uh, some pros and cons of showing this on on the iPad so let's zoom in a bit and you see that the trend line is still red yesterday the trend line was showing green now it's red so if in three days the trend line is red there is a 75 percent chance with the death cross that bitcoin will uh, spike down if this turns green we are on the other side of the chance we are on the 35 percent probability that the death cross will have no negative impact but i'm not very worried about the death cross i am i am bullish hash rate kazakhstan makes 14 percent of the whole world's um bitcoin miners and it is uh it was completely down and it it went from minus 14 percent to minus two percent in just a couple of days so the system is very resilient and there is still enough money coming in especially whales and institutions coming in so i'm still bullish bitcoin and there might there might be some opportunities this week for people to build up their bitcoin positions actually and that might be around uh, january 15 something that i am watching and uh, bitcoin is still my biggest um, position in the crypto portfolio and i have 30 36 percent uh, crypto portfolio and 36 percent uh, stocks now solana is doing um bad but i'm bullish solana this is a moment to build up your positions if you believe in solana i absolutely believe in solana chainlink is doing the opposite of what everybody else is doing so there when everybody was red this week chainlink was green and now that everybody's green chainlink is red so that's why i've been building positions over the last weeks of chainlink because first it's very undervalued its use case its functionality is wonderful and the price doesn't reflect that so there is a lot of room up and um, it has survived many bear markets not just survived bear markets but it's the strongest of all in a bear market and and it does the opposite in a 
in a bull market like right now. So that's Chainlink and I have it as a hedge, like my energy stocks, it's a hedge for me. Then we have Ethereum. Um, not doing anything right now, but there are many reasons to be bullish. Uh, I don't like that they said they are half through uh, the work because after six years they say that they are at half, so they will lose market share and they are losing market share. Um, but where will institutions go? Institutions are looking right now to get into the crypto space. Where will they go? Bitcoin and Ethereum. Some enterprises are going, going into Polkadot, like for example, T-Systems of the um, um, German Telekom, Deutsche Telekom. They have moved into Polkadot, which is bullish Polkadot, but we are talking enterprises. And the big institutions are still looking at Ethereum and Bitcoin first. Phantom. Uh, Phantom is our new entry on our top 10 list 2022. And look at Phantom. It, it has, uh, I've been buying more yesterday and since yesterday it's, it's up 19%. So Phantom is amazing and I've been buying almost every week in the last weeks. So 2.0 was my limit order and 1.85. Look at where it is right now, 2.8 in just, I think, 20 hours. Amazing. Same thing with Luna. So if you are thinking uh, what to buy in a possible bull, uh, in a possible dip over the next days, I would buy more Phantom, more Luna as soon as they go down. I've been buying Luna at 60. Hard, I've been buying Phantom at 2.0, 2.1, 2.2, and even 2.3. Um, so Luna and Phantom are definitely to watch. And I did miss Near. I don't know if you got it. Let me know if you got Near. I missed the boat. It has pumped tremendously and it has a lot of room um, upwards, but I did not put in the eight hours needed to do the fundamental analysis yet. And this is the point, guys. That's why we have to look at just a couple things, because if we are not exactly doing our fundamental analysis and checking in every day on the geometry, on the TA, then we will miss these things. So if you own Tesla, you can make a fortune by looking at the swings. But if you own Tesla and 17 other assets, you just have no time and you will miss the swings because if you don't do this full time, you will not see the signals and you will not act on the signals. That's why it's important that you have only as much assets as you can check uh, in every day. Um, so last year I had just three stocks and, um, and this year I will diversify, but the core ones, the ones with the big position, will still be three. Um, BNB, sure, can do something, but it's not on our top 10. The price might be really juicy, but it's not on our top 10 for many reasons. And Engine, which is on our top 10, uh, will come back at some point when gaming comes back. But right now, gaming is not the narrative. Avalanche has been doing really, really well. And um, I'm holding this anyways until September. Matic is definitely something to watch and has done really well over the last days. 
Um, Polkadot, I told you the enterprise news, Deutsche Telekom going into Polkadot. This is really uh, bullish. Okay, let's go into the first question. Kyoko, I'm using Anchor and getting about 20%. I heard I can use AUST to invest in Mirror, but not sure of the risk if I do that. I have not been looking into Mirror. If you want, I can do it and I can report later. In terms of staking, farming, I've not been touching farming so far. Staking is interesting if you decide to keep something for the long term. And if you decide to have a huge back, a huge position in it, then staking makes sense. What would I stake? What would I not stake? And where to stake it? So I have multiple cold wallets and um, the seed phrases on metal plates in multiple places. Now, the, from these cold wallets, you can pick validators. And so you have your own key on a cold wallet, which is important. You need a gap from your assets to the internet, from your key to the internet. And so this is what you create. And if you have a cold wallet, now you can pick validators and, um, it's important that you look for validators who are, and I can do an own an own video if you want on how to how to research your validator and do your uh, background check on a validator. But when you found somebody who is big in terms of liquidity and small in terms of fees, then you stake one of your top ten. So don't go for something just because it has a high interest rate. And especially if it's high, don't touch it because it's inflationary. For example, everything that is ohm or, or, or similar or an ohm fork tells you, hey, I'm here, I can give you um, 100% uh, interest rate. That means that they have so much in the back that it, they just add more. This is inflationary. It will be detrimental for the price. So that's just looks shiny, but it is not. So if you have your top 10 and now you're looking for staking some of them, then go hard, make the position big where you have the conviction. And this one, if you have one, share it now in the comments, this one you can stake. Do not stake just for the interest rates because that's usually just a money grab. Only if you have full conviction and a huge position, then it makes sense to stake. Otherwise, the risks are enormous because you have multiple risks. You have regulatory risks. All these things are not regulated yet, so they will be punished. And you don't know if it's just a slap on the wrist and a, a, a fee that they have to pay or if the SEC will shut them down completely and then they're out of liquidity and you have lost your money. So it's important that you have it. You have your assets in your control on a cold wallet. If you want to stake them, it's really important that you have a huge position. Don't do just small position staking for the interest. And if you go for some, then I can walk you through how to do it. For example, Solana. Solana 
is something that uh, if you want to have a huge position, it makes sense uh, for many reasons, both short term and long term. And if you have that, you move it on a cold wallet, something like Ledger or Trezor. And then from there, you can go and stake it. For example, from Ledger, you can go and stake it, uh, pick your validator and stake it directly from there. Now, the risk is small first, because you can take it back anytime. So it's liquid. And second, um, you can, the asset itself, is not on your cold wallet, it's on the blockchain. But your key is on your cold wallet and the key means you own it. And this is important. And it's also off the internet means it's really hard for somebody to take it from you. And so if you do that, then you can go and stake Solana. Uh, for example, if you want to stake um, I have a very high interest rate on my curve and I stake it on convex finance. And that is the only high interest rate that I can really recommend. It's around 50%, but it's it's okay. Of course, it's risky. Uh, convex can, can, can be attacked, can lose liquidity, whatever. So make sure you don't have more than one third of your positions there because it's still risky but uh, that's a high interest rate that i can recommend it's convex finance and this is very good for curve you can stake your matic your polka dot um, your 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 avalanche uh, i have staked my avalanche but i am now fixed there for up to september next year because i became a uh, i don't know if it's a validator or a delegator i think a delegator um, means I've fixed uh, for 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 a time. Don't do that. Also, Ethereum. Don't go into Ethereum 2.0. These guys. It took them six years, and they are still halfway through. So I I do not uh, trust the execution of the of the Ethereum um, network at all anymore. So hope that answers your question, Kyoko. Let me know. Then back to your 10x model from the last session. Assuming, okay, let's, Jason, back to your 10x model from the last session. Assuming we can get three coins to go to 10x, how do we manage them hitting target at different times? And will this differ from take profits when you can? Yes. So, great question. So, first of all, which are the top 10? Uh, and then when to take profits? Beautiful. Which are the top 10? Will we will we ever see 10x again? Last year it was easy and we, we did multiple 10x's. I think we 10x eight times or nine last year because it was just a tremendous bull year. Whatever you would touch uh, was, was highly probable to go three, four x. And so we did a ton of 10x's. Will we 10x anything this year? I'm not sure. Right now, what looks good right now? So this year we will move from month to month um, because it's much more frothy and there are no clear patterns. For example, right now I'm waiting for signals from the market. There are no clear signals. We have to wait until Saturday, I think, to have some indication from the markets what's going on. But I can tell you what I'm looking at. I'm looking at Luna, 
near Phantom, Solana, Avalanchematic, Dot Curve, and some other names, because there is potential in there. The metaverse, guys, there is zero, zero indication that anything would work. If anything, then um, Illuvium, Sandbox, Axis look like the clearer signal givers right now, but I wouldn't rely on them at all. Uh, maybe Illuvium is a good buy this week, but there is no signal from the market that it will be around in a year. So it's, it's still no clear signal. So that's just speculation. If you want to speculate, uh, then these are three possible speculative assets, but there are no, no clear signals that this is a 10x. And um, I'm waiting for signals. And then the second part of your question, if you go back to your question, is when to take profits. So we want three coins to hit and seven can, can be a miss, okay? And how we take profits. One way of taking profits is every time they double, you take your initial investment off the table. So you can create your own exit strategy. One exit strategy is every time they double, you take your initial money off the table. And now you continue basically with your new money, free money uh, that, that you can speculate with. And so with that, you can now move it to higher risk 10Xs. And the higher risk 10Xs might be something like Illuvium. They might be something like Phantom, like no, Luna will not 10x. Luna might 2x this year. So there are no clear indicators of what can 10x this year. Zero. That's why we'll have to wait until Saturday. But I'm doing the homework, the fundamental analysis every day this week. And I'm looking at the inflation uh, numbers coming up this week to know more. So wait for Saturday and Monday videos and I will know more right now. It's only studying and doing fundamental work. And then there is a second part of your question. Do you aim for 10x over a certain period of time, six months, 12 months longer? And yes, I'm staying positive the market is going to go up. Yeah, I'm not positive the market is going to go up. It will go down, it will go up. So probably February is still bullish but then March might go down. So we will see bearish markets this year, um, definitely. But when and how and how long? Is it weeks? Is it months? Is it years? We don't know. Nobody knows. So don't be sure that the market goes up. Look at what's going on. But your question, uh, do you aim for 10x over a certain period of time? No. You can never predict time and price. Nobody can, not even the best people. You can either see patterns and go with the trend. So you've done your fundamental analysis and now when you, when you do your TA, you see trends and patterns and you move with the patterns. But then you cannot time it. For example, Raul Paul is somebody who looks at big picture. He's a macro guy. 
he's very very smart at macro but in december he he was very vocal about having ethereum at 20000 end of the year so he thought in december ethereum will be at 20000 we are in january where is ethereum Three thousand two hundred. So even if you have the best analysts, the the access to Bloomberg and access to all the research in the world and the best research teams on the planet, he has really smart people on his team. And even these guys, and they have even some insider information because yeah, they know people that see signals even faster than we do. So even those people that I would call smart money. Even smart money cannot predict time and price. So don't try. Don't even try. My 10x don't think three months, six months, 12 months. They just see trends and what's possible based on fundamental analysis. And yes, I try to pick the ones that might get going faster. And you see that when you watch adoption, Metcalf's law, the number of developers that are flocking to them for example there is a great i will do a video about that but you can start already there is a great report from electric capital it's 160 pages but they have been visualizing where the developers are going so this is a leading indicator if i see that developers are moving right now they're moving to solana to near to phantom and to cosmos uh so if I see that they are moving to this four, like four times more than they are moving to Ethereum, then you know one leading indicator. And so this is something that becomes a candidate for my 10X list because where today developers are massively moving to, there is something in there. And this is one of the elements that will indicate a price explosion later. So, this is one of one of the things that I'm looking at. Hope that helps. Let's see if there was anything else. Uh, that was about the time period, no time period. Then David, thanks as always. Do you stake your initial investment in a stakeable coin? Is it too much of a risk to tie up funds for long periods? Depends on the funds. So I like to think in in buckets i have one hold bucket this is where stuff comes in and never gets out again that's for me is bitcoin google amazon stuff comes in never goes out again it's my hodl portfolio if you want i i want to have these things in 15 years and pass them on to my kids so and then I have a second portfolio and you allocate your percentage in, in what, you, what you want. I expect them to grow slower. I expect Bitcoin to do now 60% this year and then next year um, 50% and then 30% every year, but it compounds over decades. And same thing I expect from Google. I expect Google to do 40% uh, this year and then 30% next year, etc. And Amazon is completely flat, but it will be at 5,000. And then, um, and then that's the HODL portfolio. So profits that I take whenever something doubles, 
First doubling, I take 50% profits. I move them back into my HODL portfolio. Then next, uh, next doubling, I take 25% move to HODL portfolio. Next doubling, I take 12.5%. This ones I might move to the speculative portfolio. I have a small part of my portfolio, which is highly speculative. It's usually less than 10% and that's highly speculative. Um, and this is where I go for high risk, high potential. Um, let me check if that answers your question. Do you stake your initial investment in a stable coin? I don't. Uh, I have my cash ready in stable coins. That's that's my cash position to buy more in bear markets right now. I have increased my cash positions because I want to I want to be ready for for bear markets and to buy hard when they come if they come. So and and my cash I hold it in stable coins. I tend and then let's see. I tend to stake the safe coins, but if we expect a bear market sometime mid-year then maybe I should keep it all accessible and liquid. Yes, keep everything accessible and liquid. So you can stake and still have stuff accessible and liquid. For example, that Solana combination that we discussed with Kyoko Yoshizumi uh, is a liquid position. You have your cold wallet. From there, you give a validator uh, your Solana and you can take it back I think maybe there is a one day delay until you can have it so it's almost liquid I, I would call it liquid if you can get it in one day it's liquid and there is only the risk that markets go crazy and your validator implodes that might happen so <laughs> but you can still take it and you you lose only the part the interest part but you don't lose your your part so um, I tend to stake safe coins, but we expect a bear market sometime that maybe I should keep it all accessible and liquid. Yes, accessible and liquid, even if you might have small parts. You know, I did two mistakes uh, of having something not accessible and liquid, but these two mistakes have turned out also to have a positive side. For example, my Avalanche and my ETH I cannot sell them for the next months because they are illiquid. And so it's clearly a mistake to do that because it limits your options. And as a strategy advisor, I say always maximize your options. So always decide in a way that increases your range of action. So I did the opposite two times, mistake, rookie mistake. But the positive side is right now that I don't believe in Ethereum and I really dislike their execution speed. If you compare that to Solana, I'm only in Solana. But I cannot sell it. Uh, it's, it's illiquid. And the same thing with Avalanche. I would have exited Avalanche a couple times this year. I couldn't. And they spiked two times. <laughs> they surprised me. So yeah, there are also some pros uh, of that. So if you if you want that now you have even more options uh jason yeah thank you and then vdn welcome vdn i like your comments sir please suggest 5x coins for 2022 five 
X coins. After Saturday, we will know more. Right now, I have some possible candidates for 5X, but the market is not giving us any signals. So I see a clear 2X with Luna. I see possible 3X, 4X Phantom. There are analysts that say 5X Ethereum is in the cards. And there are analysts who say uh, 3x Bitcoin is in the cards. I don't see that. Um, might Illuvium 5x? Yes, but it's high risk and high inflationary. I don't touch it right now, but it might 5x. Near might 5x, but we are late in the game. I missed the boat. So Illuvium, yes, it can 5x. But it's highly, highly, highly inflationary and risky, so I don't touch it. What else can 5x? Um, let's have a look. Some analysts say say CleanSpark can 5x, but I don't trust it. Near can 5x. But we are late because it has already run over the last days. So we missed the boat there. We can watch it. It has potential, but we're late. Um, Luna cannot 5x, Luna can 2x. But this year, if you have 2x positions, that's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> What's your thought on Hex? which is launching soon, or PulseX, which is launching soon. Uh, I have decided not to touch Hex or anything that comes from that ecosystem. I don't trust the fundamentals. I don't trust the people. Matteo Cicchetti. Welcome, Matteo. Do you like the Polkadot ecosystem or do you think will be like SAP, meaning very good, but won't face mass adoption. I love this. So very good question. And I'm 50-50. So I like the Polkadot ecosystem and there is great stuff happening there. There is a lot of real world use case. For example, T-Systems, which I've been working on as an advisor, has just picked Polkadot for their core operations. So the budget, so they use Polkadot to run their data, their database on it, an open immutable database, which is amazing. That's exactly the idea, right? And um, the fact that a German quite conservative, uh, I know those guys, and they are not jumping onto the latest trends and they're especially not the first one to jump on the latest trends. Uh, the discussion about 5G was very long and very, very hard. And so they jumped on Polkadot right now and they did it with full conviction and that will create a domino effect. Other German companies, other European companies are looking right now at Polkadot for their enterprise and and the systems did not buy it from the innovation budget which is you know yeah it might work 
they did buy it from the operations budget. And when a German company buys something from the operations budget, especially a traditional conservative company buys something from the operations budget, that's bullish. That's bullish because they do their homework. They have to talk to so many people before they get a yes. And they have to make their case really, really strong. They are all committees on committees on committees. If you pass all these committees and if you can go in, then it, it, it is, it's, it's fireproof. So yes, Polkadot works. The use case works. Might it be a SAP? which is amazing, but it doesn't get adoption. Yes, it might. It might. I see the risk. I have personally sold all my Polkadot because I have shifted everything into Luna, Phantom and Solana over the last, over the last months when they were cheap. So personally, but is Polkadot something that makes sense to hold? Yes, yes. And there is a lot of, lot of potential there. Yeah, that's big. So, VDN. Sir, in Seoul, are we late or can do 2x? Outstanding re review by you on it. Yes, I think that's... Um, let's look at Seoul. So, the fundamentals are quite okay on Seoul, which is is Phantasma, but don't, don't uh, be fooled it's not phantom it's phantasma okay phantom is ftm ticker ftm and soul is is phantasma ph and ticker s o u l so when i looked into it i saw high potential might that be a 5x yes because it's so early uh, small market cap and moving fast and moving really really well now, if we look, this is the four hour, but let's look on the bigger things. Let's look on the weekly basis. And what you see from the weekly, let's see if I can bring this in a position that is helpful for you. If you look on the weekly, this is uh, overshooting, right? So it's not the right moment. We are late here and we'll have to wait for a couple of things. Let's go back to the four hours to have a different perspective. So when you want to switch perspective, I go to, I start with a four hour, then I go to the week, then I go to the one hour view. Okay. This is the four hour view. And with the four hours, we we see a different picture. So trend is green. We might look at it. So this picture says, look at me. <laughs> and we will have to see if the RSI goes below 30 and the trend stays green and we touch the lower Bollinger Band, that might be actually a good uh, moment to consider entering it. Now we have three indicators working. And even better if we have five to eight indicators at once, then you can be really sure it's the right moment to enter. So is Seoul a possible candidate? Yes. Is it risky? Highly risky because in a bear market, uh, I don't know how these small caps are doing in a bear market. 
And that's why I don't have it in my portfolio. It's too risky for me. But can it go up? Yes. Might it go up? There is a probability. There is a probability. And so if I were you and you're interested in this, go into their communities, go into their Discord, check how sentiment is in there, uh, how the team is reacting to things coming up. Then you can go to their, um, uh, what's it called, their open source, their GitHub. Go to their GitHub and see how many open requests, committed requests, how many people are executing right now. This is something that you can watch. Then you go to DeFi Llama and check the TVL. Is the TVL growing or not growing? Then you look at max supply. How much supply is there in circulation? How much supply will come in? That tells you how inflationary or deflationary it is. If there, there is still a lot of supply coming in, supply available, that's inflationary. And that, that means that you, you need at least to 4x to really be in a good game. These are the things that I would check before deciding if you go into Seoul. But I'm not a financial advisor. I just share with you what I would check before I buy it. Hope that helps. Next question. Uh, which one do you pick, Web3 or DAO? Oh, wow. That's a tough one. DAO, I actually have one that I am looking at. And it's really only one. Let me see. Because I was just looking at it a couple days ago. I might find it again. It didn't save it here. So I will come back with the DAO one. I have one DAO possible uh, top 10 that I am, I am looking at. And it really looked good, but I did only put in one hour of my 8 to 12 hours fundamental analysis. So I don't want to recommend it too early, but I will post about it this week. Uh, and so stay tuned. And then the other part of your questions was Web3. Oh, Web3 is such a broad thing. So... Are we talking metaverse? Are we talking gaming? Are we talking... Um, in Web3, we can look at different things. So I have a gaming sector allocation right now. I have sold my sandbox. I have sold my gala. I have sold my chilies, which was a, a Web3 game for me. And I still think... Fan tokens will be strong this, this year, but I've moved out of it for faster horses. And um, mainly Luna, Phantom, Solana is what I've been buying. Of course, Ethereum and Bitcoin all the time. But um, I have sold these specific positions, Gala, Decentraland, um, Sandbox, to go into uh, Phantom and Luna mainly over the last weeks to prepare for possible bear markets. Um, still having said that, I have some positions and my current gaming and metaverse bet is engine. It's not doing strong right now, but that's my only, if you want, web3 slash gaming allocation right now. 
I've done a lot of profits with Decentraland, with Sandbox and with Gala, but that's over. And in the end, I was even losing money on Gala. So I was a bit too late in selling that because I have been holding it even after the Las Vegas event. And that was a, a mistake. I, I should have sold Gala earlier in November instead of in December. That was a mistake. And you know what I've learned from this mistake? This is important for all of us. Uh, I've learned that if you own too many assets, then you will miss the right moment to sell. I missed the gala moment to sell. I missed the moment to enter near. So I missed a few things uh, over the last months. And this is telling me that I have too many assets. So I will go back into concentrating into the top so that I can watch them every day. And I, I can tell you guys also live when I am selling and when I'm buying because, yeah, we need to stick together. We need the collective intelligence here. A single person cannot see all these things. Um, and so, but we are together on this journey. So if we all look at a few things and we spot the trends, we can do really good in this very tough year, very tough year. It's not an easy year. It will not be a year like last year. So we have to be very disciplined and very on point. Rechart analysis. There is thousand chart views and indicators to be knowledgeable of a high level, but for someone starting out with minimal fundamentals, what would you recommend we start with? So when you start with charts, uh, um, if you start, I would recommend getting trading view and getting the free plan and having just three indicators and move with small positions, small buyings, don't buy too often and learn with small, with small positions by using just three indicators. I would use the RSI, Relative Strength Index, and you wanna buy below 30 and you wanna sell above 70, 80. RSI. The second indicator that I would put are the Bollinger Bands. These are the Bollinger Bands. They show you a moving average and they show you a, a range. So you want to buy at below Bollinger Band and you want to be selling above Bollinger Band because everything reverts to the mean at some point. So it, it will come back to the orange line. Here it's the orange line. Everything eventually will come back to the orange line. So, and the third thing that you might want to look at, of course, volume, but um, volume is something that you always have to look at. How many people are buying, how many people are selling. And then directional bias. The directional bias is what I've been using lately. And it shows you this green or red trend line. So here, for example, you see that engine is in a red trend so wait before you buy it has not reached the bottom and when red turns into green that might be a bottom that is one indicator telling you the bottom so uh, i hope this answers your questions i would pick these three indicators and practice watching them every day let's say you pick your top 10 stocks uh, assets and you watch them every day you watch the chart and you look for these three things, RSI below 30 or above 70, Bollinger Bands, are they touching or are they even getting out of Bollinger Band, which is strong buy signal, 
uh, if, if they're below and a strong sale signal if they're above. And the third one is this directional bias. It's called directional bias and it's showing you the trend. So, and it's quite re reliable. For example, in engine, you can see that when it shows green, it's really reliable. So we have November, green, green, and it was going up. And then we have here December, red, it was going down. And then we have December green, it went up. And you could have spotted this here at the very beginning, because when you are here and it turns green, it is re reliable. Look what happened. And then when it is here and it flips red, you also know what's going on. And right now here, it's red. As soon as this flips green, this might be the next entry point. So practice only these three things. And when you are very good at it and you nail them, you, you will never perfectly nail them, but you feel confident and you see more green in your portfolio than red, then you can add more indicators. Then, and then I'm happy to do then again a live session and to, to walk you into more indicators but for now these three work pretty well but you need all the three to fire at once because one can always be misleading two can be misleading even three can be misleading but if three fire at once you are you are quite well off better to have five or eight firing at once but for our cases and we are not buying all the time right you will buy one no we cannot even say how often we buy because we buy when when do we buy actually so this is important. When, when do we buy? We check the daily fear and greed index. And if it's in the red, meaning everybody is afraid, this is a day to buy. Now you go through your charts. You have done already your fundamental analysis. You go through the charts, look at these three things and you snipe. Now you buy. If you wake up in the morning and it's green, don't buy anything green you do the same work you go through your fundamental analysis you go through through your ta but you only look for things to sell this is when you take profits this is when you go through the thing mm, what should i take a profit on and it might not be at 100 but if it's clearly above bollinger band if it's clearly uh, switching from green to red if it's clearly uh, above 70 RSI, this is a moment to sell. You might slowly DCA out, like people like to DCA in, dollar cost average in. So a rolling buy can be the same thing you can do with selling, a rolling sell. And welcome, Pat Out Consulting, Solid Insights, Simon, amazing sharing, thank you. Cool, all right. If you have any more questions, we can go in there. We did 55 minutes. So uh, thank you, everybody. This is where we are this week. And let me know whatever you need in the comments. I will do daily videos and let me know in the daily videos what you need a fundamentalist analysis about and what you're looking at. And um, I will I will dive into it. Uh, so thank you, Pat Out Consulting. Thank you, VDN. Thank you, David Fiori. Thank you, Jason Omeara. Thank you, Matteo Cicchetti for your questions. Uh, Thank you, Kiyoko Yoshizumi. Thank you, Johan Noguera. Thank you, Valentina. Thank you, Steve Bailey. Keep rolling, everybody. This is a tough year, but together we're going to make it. Keep rolling.